Hey friends, welcome to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I am so glad that you're here today. This show is a safe space with real conversations to help you live free and pursue your God-given dreams. Think of this as a therapy session with your best friend. Oftentimes, God brings things up because they're on the way out. Lean into the topic God's bringing up today on overcoming shame. Stick around until the end of the show for a short segment where I share counselor-approved strategies to take this Real Talk episode and make it relevant in your everyday life through simple action steps. Today's guest is someone I have known for years as we both attend Gateway Church here in Texas. Amy Ford is the president and co-founder of Embrace Grace, a nonprofit that inspires and equips the church to love on single and pregnant young women, as well as the author of Help Her Be Brave, Discover Your Place in the Pro-Life Movement. Embrace Grace works with almost 700 churches across the nation, providing curriculum to help moms with unexpected pregnancies. Well, today we are discussing Amy's new book, Help Her Be Brave, but really, if I had to sum up in two words the theme for today's show, it would be overcoming shame. This conversation was so rich, so let's welcome my friend, Amy Ford. Well, hello, Amy, and welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you here today. Hi, thanks so much for having me. You look so beautiful in your red. I wish everybody could see you. Sometimes I wish this was video, because I'm like, oh, you look so pretty. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. So before we jump into today's topic, I have a few things. First of all, I don't know if you remember, but you were the one who kind of inspired me to start my own podcast when I came in, like checked out what you were doing with with Embrace Grace podcast. Do you remember that? (laughs) Yes, that was uh, years ago. And I love to see how it's happening. You had a dream and you put the plan to action and it's happening or it's, it's been happening now for two years, which is amazing. Yeah. It's so crazy when I think back on that, because I just remember being terrified. Like, I don't know why I was so afraid to start a podcast. Now I'm like, Rachel, it's not a big deal. What do you like? What's the big deal? But I just remember coming and looking at what you're doing and just being like, oh my gosh, okay, I can do this. So I just had to let people know that you were one of the people that got me going here. So that's awesome. It's so full circle. (laughs) Yes. I think sometimes Satan likes to lie to us about the thing that we're actually gifted in. You know, he doesn't want you to, to press go and do the thing that God wants you to do. And so, um, sometimes he lies to us in the, in the places where you have so many natural giftings and strengths. You're this, you're doing awesome with this. Well, thank you. Yeah. And so you and I also go way back because we both go to the same church. How long have you been at Gateway? Um, about 16 years, so a long time. That's awesome. Yeah. So whenever I, you know, I get a lot of emails and books that come my way now that I'm a podcaster. And when yours came through, um, I was like, yes, I know Amy. Yes. Like, of course I want Amy on my podcast. You've been on my list of people to get on the podcast. So I'm excited to have you here. Um, one question I love to ask my guests before we jump into the deep topic that we're going to talk about today. What is a fun fact about you that we probably didn't read on your professional bio? Oh, man. Um, I don't know. I have a funny story. Like one time I I speak a lot and I do a lot of pregnancy center fundraising. Like I'm the keynote for helping them raise money, these pro-life pregnancy centers. Anyways, there was one that I went to last year, I think, and it was kind of an older lady that introduced me and she introduced me as Amy Grant. Oh. 
And I was like, okay, so I get up there. And so I didn't know, cause people kind of like giggled and then some were kind of like awkward. So I made it even more awkward. Um, and I started singing El Shaddai and half the people got it. Half the people didn't and thought I was a dork. Yeah. So that happened. It was very awkward. I love those kinds of stories because I have so many of those kinds of stories when it comes to speaking. I think that people have this thought of, wow, you're just, things just always go well for you, you know? And I love, <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Um, okay. So we are talking today about, this is your second book to write, correct? Yes. I mean, well, I've written the Embrace Grace study guide and things like that, but just book for mainstream. Yes. That's my second book. What was your first book name? So my first book was uh, A Bump in Life, True Stories of Hope and Courage During an Unplanned Pregnancy. It's just 20 stories of girls that chose life. Um, there were there were preacher kids, girls that were on drugs, girls that were raped, girls that um, were baby daddy shot and killed. I mean, there's it's written as an outreach tool for women with un- unexpected pregnancies and girls read it and they're like, Oh, you know, that this one story in here sounds like my story. And if God did that for her, then maybe God will do that for me, too. And so we wrote it as something to give women hope and courage when they're pregnant, but also to hopefully change minds. You know, if they're thinking about having an abortion, that there'll be a way to connect. So it's not preachy. It's just stories. And so we just give them out uh, like candy. Well, I mean, we sell them in our store and on Amazon and everything, but we also just give them out in these love boxes that get distributed to girls that just find out they're pregnant. And um, I know there's one girl that actually works for me that had an unplanned pregnancy herself, went through Embrace Grace, but she said someone gave her a love box and she had an abortion schedule for the next day, had already paid for it and everything. And um, someone gave her a love box. She stayed up all night reading that book. And then by the next morning, she canceled the appointment and was like, okay, my story isn't even as bad as any, all of these that are in here. Like I can do this. And so she ended up choosing, choosing life and she actually works for us um, now and see her every day. And she just is so thankful for um, tools that kind of helped her see the bigger picture of a moment of crisis and panic. She got to come up high and see the bigger picture. Yeah. I feel like every time I have sat under your ministry in whatever way, shape, or form it is, those kinds of stories are just abounding. So I'm thrilled to get to talk about this today because this is the first time since my podcast has been up and running that I've had somebody on to speak about this topic. And so your your book that's releasing right now is Help Her Be Brave, Discover Your Place in the Pro-Life Movement. What's your heart behind writing this book? Well, it kind of was sparked by, um, I was one time at this uh, pro-life conference and this lady walked up to me that is uh, a pro-life atheist and she's over her city in California, um, pro-life activism thing. And she asked me to come speak at Berkeley college about pro-life and she was going to have speakers all day. And I was like, well, sure. But you know that I talk about God and I talk about, you know, the church and all of that. And she's, you know, and she's an atheist. She's like, yeah, I don't believe in your God, but I believe in the power of your people. And if your people would actually do something, this issue wouldn't be an issue anymore. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's, 
harsh, but kind of true. But I don't think it's that people don't know, don't want to help. It's they just don't know how, like, what do I do? How do I get involved? The media likes to show the pro-life movement as picketers outside abortion clinics with like repent signs. And so that whenever people think of pro-life movement, that's immediately what they think of. If there is a movement, it's those people when it's not, I mean, there are some of those people, which are weird, but there are also so many amazing people standing outside abortion clinics with like free hugs and we can help and let's talk and let me give you resources, you know, and all of that. But the, but even beyond that, I mean, there's pregnancy centers, there are, there's embrace grace the ministry that I lead. There's people that can use their voice and influence and their platform. If they have a large platform, I mean, there's so many different ways that people can save lives. They just need to know what's out there, how to get involved, how to jump in and how to use their specific strengths, gifts, passions to help women and be brave and choose life. So this book is just to show the mainstream Christian, here's all the ways, there's tons of great stories, but here's all the ways to get involved. Like what can you do besides donating and all that, which is super great and important, but there are ways just empowering single moms. And cause it's not even just about the pregnancy. It's really, if you can even focus on her as a single mom, you know, it just makes it so that she doesn't automatically think I have to have an abortion when there, when there's amazing resources that are out there, she just has to know about them. Yeah. And you know, that's one of my reasons I wanted to bring you on the show because at first, you know, even as I was preparing for today, real talk for you, you know, this is real talk with Rachel. I was kind of like, okay, what, what are we going to talk about? Cause honestly, I'm not the expert in this. Like I don't have experience in this. I haven't had an abortion. I, I haven't even had a friend in my life who has walked through maybe possibly getting one or not. And so for no, me, hey, I want to say that you actually probably have friends that have had abortions. Yeah. They just don't feel comfortable talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so that's why I'm so excited that we're going to talk about that today because I feel like some of us feel like we're not equipped or I don't know that I have a place in this or it just is a big, scary topic. If I'm going to be real here, <laughs> like I don't even know where we start with this. And so that's what, you know, you and I were chatting before we started here and we were talking about how really the umbrella theme for this podcast is freedom. Like we just want women to walk in freedom. And so that's why I love to bring things into the light. And so you just brought something into the light that even I myself probably have at least one friend who has walked through this and just didn't feel like she could say anything to me. Right. And that breaks my heart. Like when I think about that, that is absolutely heartbreaking because not only as the church, but as a friend, I want to be somebody that a woman could say, I need to talk to you. You know, I need to share this. And so let's dive into that. Where do you want to start with this? Maybe, you know what we should do? Um, if you could do a quick for anybody who doesn't know about Embrace Grace or doesn't know why you even started it, if you just want to do a quick little thing to explain that, and then we can jump into the, that next topic. Yeah. So, well, I almost had an, uh, an abortion myself at 19. I found myself pregnant and totally terrified, had scheduled the abortion, went in to have it done. And I ended up hyperventilating and passing out in the abortion room, went back out to the waiting room, told my baby daddy, who's now my husband, um, that we're still pregnant. And so we decided to, to choose life, but we really felt alone. We didn't feel like the church was a place we felt comfortable going to or talking to about our situation. So we stopped going for a long time. 
And so that really sparked uh, my heart behind Embrace Grace. Years later, God gave me a vision of, of just helping women um, through unplanned pregnancies and allowing the church to do that or helping the church be able to do that, to open their arms to these girls. We want the church to be one of the first places a girl runs to instead of the last because of shame and guilt. So we have support groups in churches all over the nation for girls with unplanned pregnancies. We give them all the curriculum, the tools, everything they need to invite these girls in and help them get back on their feet and pointed toward Jesus. And it's a discipleship and mentoring. They get a baby shower and they get loved on. And so we're in over 700 churches, 47 states and 10 countries. And anyone can go to embracegrace.com to get more information on how you can start a support group at your church. Yay. I love that. Um, and you guys have done some amazing work. So definitely you guys, um, all those, that link will be in today's show notes, but so please, please, please go check it out. Cause there's so much, so many resources there. Today's episode is brought to you by JoyMail, the monthly newsletter I release that's full of resources that deliver a little joy and practical action steps into your inbox and life. To sign up, simply head to rachelgilbert.com, click the Start Here tab, and sign up for the newsletter right there. So we're going to talk about abortion healing. So maybe for somebody listening today, what was it? You were giving me some stats as we were chatting before. What? Give me some of those stats um, yeah, here. So um, the one in four have experienced an abortion. So one in four women and men. And there, the abortion rate is exactly the same inside the church as it is outside. There's no difference. And so women in our churches are feeling like they need to have an abortion and don't feel comfortable going to the church to talk about it. And I actually spoke one time at uh, Pink Impact, It was, uh, which is Gateway's church women conference. And it was the last one they did when it was at the big convention center. So there were 10,000 women there and uh, Pastor Debbie Morris was doing an interview about Embrace Grace and everything. And so she was asking questions about it. And at the very end, she's like, thank you so much for coming. And the Holy Spirit kind of prompted me. And I said, wait, Debbie, let me say one more thing to the women here. And I said, there are are 10,000 women in this arena. And that means about 2,500 of you have experienced an abortion. And God wants to know that he loves you and he wants to heal your heart this weekend and that you're not disqualified for ministry. You are qualified and he he wants to forgive you. He loves you. You know, all this. I just said some, just a couple of little sentences and that was it. Got off the stage. Well, we had Embrace Grace had booths, two booths at this arena. um, And afterwards, our booth was completely flooded with women. Women with mascara on their eyes and just completely moved, really. There were some that you could you, they wouldn't really talk yet, but you could just tell they had that look in their eye. And then there were some that were just like, thank you, you know, and hugging us. I mean, it was like a freedom ministry session at our booth. And so, but there was one girl that I'll never forget. She, it was three women and they all were wearing hot pink t-shirts and they were holding, they were sisters and they had, were doing this fun pink impact weekend and they had matching shirts and they were holding up the one in the middle. And she could barely walk. She was crying so hard. And one of the sisters said, you know, she wanted to come talk to you. She was very moved by what you said. And so she's just trying to compose herself. And she looked at me and she said, do you mean to tell me that God can use me? And it was like something that she had never 
thought of. Like she just thought because of her abortion that that was it, that she was disqualified from ever being used in ministry. It's that thing that hangs over her head. And, um, and she ended up starting an embrace grace group. And I, I will just never forget that. Now I speak all over and it's like, people come up to me and whisper in my ear, you know, I've had an abortion and I'm like, and, but they'll, then they'll say, but you know, I've, I've had healing. And I'm like, well, then why are you whispering it? You know, Revelation 12, 11 says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We are overcomers by sharing our story. And, you know, we can start with one person. It doesn't have to be on a stage or a social media post unless God prompts you to do that. But even just sharing our stories with people, it's freeing. And I was doing a job interview with someone yesterday, someone that goes to our church and has been there for a million, for a long time, knows the word is so amazing amazing. And she was like, I can't believe I'm going to, you know, I asked her why she wanted to apply or why she's passionate. And she said, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but you know, I've had an abortion and, and this is only the fourth person I've ever told. And so we want to change that. Like, and, and there are abortion healing groups and churches all over the nation. Um, also at pregnancy centers, get plugged into an abortion healing group and go through it. It's hard Hard work can be hard work, but it's so amazing. And then go get involved in the movement, like be the person that you wish that you had years ago when you made your abortion decision, like to think back, what did I need? Who did I need? Um, was it like resources? Did I need money? Was, you know, fear is the root of every abortion decision. When you look at the top five reasons, it's like school, uh, worried about schooling, uh, relationship issues, like baby dad issues, parents being mad, not having enough money, but fear is the root of all that. Fear is the root of an abortion decision. So that's why we say our tagline in this book is help her be brave. Like how can we help her be brave? And, you know, helping these women, it's not like a cookie cutter. I wish I could write a book and it's like A plus B equals a baby saved and a woman empowered. You know, it's not like that. This is a very Holy Spirit led way to help women. It just is very, you know, you have to be in the trenches and like really ask the Lord, like, what does she need and and how can I help or how can I connect her to the amazing resources that are out there that would be able to help her? Because the thing is, is there's so much help out there. It's just people just don't know about it. And I remember um, even starting Embrace Grace, I never thought I'm going to start a pro-life organization. I didn't even, I mean, I knew I was pro-life, but I didn't even know there was a, mo- a pro-life movement. Like I didn't know. And I, when my first book came out, I was asked to speak at this huge pro-life organization called CareNet, And I'd never heard of them. And they like equip pregnancy centers around the nation. I didn't even really know what a pregnancy center was, but they asked me to speak and they were like, Hey, we'll give you a booth in exchange for you speaking. And I was like, sure. And so we kind of, this is when Embrace Grace first started. So we kind of hurried up and did some banners and things. And I showed up and I was shocked. There were hundreds of pro-life organizations that were had booths. So there were thousands of people that came and attended, but the, these booths are like, I've never heard of any of these ministries. I've gone to church my entire life 
and never knew there was a pro-life movement. I never knew that there's these amazing resources and people boots on the ground that are ready to help at a moment's notice and help in whatever way she needs. I mean, the most creative, amazing, awesome organizations that want to get involved and want to be able to help. And, And so it would be amazing. You know, I just really feel like the church is the answer. We have the manpower on our side. There are over 300,000 churches in America. If we can all have an Embrace Grace group, if we can all be helping and having abortion healing groups, we can make abortion unthinkable. You know, if we're voting a certain way, that's great. But wouldn't it be amazing if we made it unthinkable, like that it wouldn't even cross her mind because she's like, why would I feel like I want to go through that trauma? Because that's what abortion is. It is a trauma. And when I have this amazing people and resources and organizations that are going to help me get through this together and the church can be the answer. And so, and I don't think pastors have to do, you know, a whole sermon on abortion, like that's a lot, but even just mentioning it here and there, you know, and saying, just like how I did at the, at the, that conference, I said two sentences and it was like, open the floodgates of people feeling like, oh, I'm not, I thought I was the only one here. I didn't know that other women have too, you know? And so just mentioning it sometimes, it's so healing. I mean, I feel like we can create a Me Too movement with abortion healing, you know? And um, so I'm super passionate about it because I really feel like women that have experienced an abortion um, that are in our churches can really bring revival to our churches because one thing we've noticed with Embrace Grace, a lot of women that lead Embrace Grace groups, and we we don't know, we just figured it out, they have experienced an abortion. So they want to be the change, not all, but a lot. So they want to be the change that they wish they had. And free people, free people. Like it's contagious. And so if we can empower them to say, you do have a place here, you're not disqualified because they feel like, oh, if I went and served there, I'm going to be a hypocrite because I had one and all, you know, the enemy lies to you. And, and, and so if we can help set these women free, I feel like, and when you think about 25% of men and women, freedom in our churches, revival in our churches, if we can get them actively, you know, using their voice when they felt so suppressed for so long because of the enemy's lies and shame. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. One one of the things you said a second ago is that if you had healing, why are you whispering? I think that's really a powerful statement because, yeah, I mean, I, that, that applies to so many things. Abortion is one of them. But even just like I was recently talking with somebody who um, she's a friend of mine. We were talking about when women have affairs and she was saying how multiple women had confessed to her that they had had an affair, but they never it was the whisper thing because it was embarrassing like it was, you know, and so obviously that's a different topic. And we're talking about abortion today. But I just I find that phrase of whispering like we're afraid to speak up. And I think it goes back to, you know, how in the beginning, you even told me with podcasting, like the thing that the enemy knows that we have a a gifting in or a calling in, or that if we were to use our voice and speak up, other people would get set free. And so can you speak to that a little bit about how do we get over this hurdle of helping women go from whispering about it to being bold to talk about it and get their own healing first? Because you you also hit on a really big thing that that's a trauma. And I don't know if they view it as a trauma. And then if you don't get 
trauma appropriately treated, it's really hard to just pretend to be walking in freedom if you haven't really got that treated. So do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of women that have PTSD, but they haven't and and have all the symptoms of PTSD, but haven't really connected it to an abortion in their past tons. And so, and when you connect those dots and then start the healing process, it, it can change your whole life. And so I just feel like the people that are more bold about it, like to just keep talking about it for, you know, social media posts. And I think that the more, the more people talk about it, it is contagious. And then people feel like, oh, I thought I was the only one, you know, and being practicing with one person, um, journaling, telling what, you know, your friend, and then it grows into more and more and more. I remember one time there was a lady that I met with, she was a donor, um, had given a little here and there. I didn't know her, but I just was Facebook friends with her. So I wanted to get to know her. And so we had lunch and I asked her, well, what, it, what makes you passionate about embrace grace and she's like oh well you know there's some things in my past and I was like oh you've experienced an abortion and I remember she was taking a drink of her water and it, she almost spit it out and she's like I've only told one person in my whole life I said I'm so sorry I'm like in the pro-life world so we just like talk about it and I'm sorry to catch you off guard she's like it's okay but you know I've God's healed me and blah blah I'm like okay well why don't you go through an abortion healing you know and so she prayed about it for a little bit decided to go through one an abortion healing class for usually like eight weeks she ended up after it was all said and done gave us a $250,000 donation we had no idea that she even like she's given us a thousand here and there. Like we had no idea she even had that kind of potential, but that's what freedom does. Like freedom set is saves lives. Like when we're really operating in our, uh, with full freedom, like things happen and it's crazy. Like it's awesome to see people wanting to get involved in the, the thing that has suppressed them or felt like they weren't, that has been pulling and holding them back when they fully receive freedom, everything changes. Like it, for, for everyone involved, everyone they're connected to their families, um, the organizations they support. I mean, that came out of nowhere and we had no idea, but I love that it all was rooted in her healing process, you know, of, of what happened. And now that money is going to be used to save thousands of lives. Wow. I love that. That's such a good visual illustration too of, of that freedom that comes. So, you know, you also talk a lot about shame culture and I feel like that's a big reason why a lot of women aren't so quick to step forward and share their stories and whatnot. How do we, how do we break that cycle in the church, especially? Well, I know it is getting a lot better. I mean, there's one, there's one church that was going to do Embrace Grace. They did it for one semester and then they came back and said, we want to change a few things with your program and we don't want to make sure it's okay. And stuff like, um, you know, they did, we do a princess day and we crown them. They didn't want to do that. They said, um, we don't want to advertise it. We don't want to ever say that a baby is a blessing, um, to a woman with an unexpected pregnancy. Um, we don't want to uh, don't call it a baby shower because it's not a celebration. Um, you, we can call it, you know, we and don't wrap the present so it looks like a party. You can give them 
needs that they have, but like, don't make it, you know, it's so total shame culture, total. And, you know, it's just like, what about the prodigal son? You know, they threw the biggest party ever. Like it wasn't, yes, you know, the leftovers from yesterday, or, I mean, he said, let's kill the fatted calf and let's have a feast and a party. And my son was lost and now he's found and he's home. And, uh, so we are, we're like the other brother sometimes, you know, or it's like, that's not fair. Why is that person being celebrated when I've been here all along and we're missing out, you know, that, that whole prodigal son story doesn't go on to say if the brother showed up to the party, but I'm kind of thinking he didn't. And we're missing out on so much celebration by not helping or just loving these women because it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. That's what, what changes people is God's love. And if they can't even see it through God's people, then how will they ever know or experience God's love. So, um, just, you know, vulnerability is what squashes shame and just talking about it is what can really get rid of the shame culture in churches. But I mean, with this one that we were just like, no, we're not. I mean, we said you can't have embrace grace. Like, because if a girl's going to be brave enough to show up at church in this situation, it can't be an experience like that. She's going to be like, I knew it. I never want to come here again um, and never show back up again. And so just a vulnerability, everyone just keeps sharing and talking. And for pastors to say, if there's a woman here or someone that you know that has experienced an unexpected pregnancy, our doors and hearts are open to you. We have a place for you here. We have a program for you to go through. Or if you've had an abortion, you're welcome here too. And there's abortion here healing groups that we want to love you through because the the church should be the first place for any of these women to go to because a church without the broken is a broken church. And we uh, need to have our doors open to all people and welcome them and help. We don't kick each other when we're down. We pick each other up when we fall and we help get them pointed to Jesus and healing. Yeah. Well, you're essentially describing grace, you know, like, and I think that it is interesting. A lot of uh, Christians and churches do have a problem with grace because then they think, well, am I, am I making the behavior acceptable if I accept this person? You know, like, do you see that or? Yeah. It's just like with the prodigal son, like by him throwing a party, did they think it, did the dad think it was okay for the son to go and, you know, with prostitutes and spend all his money, but grace is crazy. It's amazing. And that's what changes people and love changes people. A baby is not a sin. Mm -hmm. A baby is a miracle. And every baby, no matter how it gets here, should be celebrated because it's a gift from the Lord. Yeah. Oh, you just, grace is crazy. I love that. That, That's the quote of the, that's the quote of the episode here because it is, and I don't think we can ever fully wrap our brain around grace. Um, I, I pray that the Lord continues to help us to understand it and receive it and extend it because I do think that, you know, when we haven't received it ourselves, it's extremely hard to extend it to other people as well. Um, and so I just, I love that. All right. So we're coming to the end. I feel like I could talk to you for so much longer. What is something that you would want to just leave everybody with like that, hey, if you want to be a safe place for women to be able to come to, like what is just some practical tips in our everyday life? Like even even now, honestly, I feel like the Lord kind of convicted me during this episode in a good way, not condemned, but convicted in that maybe one of the reasons why I haven't had women come to me in this area yet is because my heart hadn't been prepared for how would I have handled, you know, how, how am I going to respond? How am I going to extend grace or am I going to have a shocked face or, you know, what, you know, what am I going to be, what will I meet that person with? And so do you have any just practical tips for us? 
Well, definitely if a girl that has an unexpected pregnancy comes to you and says she's pregnant, doesn't know what to do, I always feel like, you know, life and death are in the power of our tongue. So congratulations are always in order, no matter how this baby got here, you know, to say congratulations and um, you're loved and you're going to get through this and just really just to consistently encouraging and helping her take her to a pregnancy center that's in your area. If you don't know what a pregnancy center is, it's a pro-life center. They're everywhere. They're totally free. You can have a free pregnancy test, free sonogram. Just Google one in your community and take her there anytime they do walk-ins and um, and then just walk her through it. And the pregnancy centers know all the resources that are out there. And then, of course, if a woman has gone through an abortion, you know, to just say, I'm so sorry that you that you had to go or that you felt like you had to go through that and that you didn't have the support that you needed during that time and um, help her get connected to abortion healing group when she's ready and walking her through that as well. Um, I think you even talking about this on your podcast is probably going to open the doors for some of your friends to come to you and tell you that they have. So, yeah, I hope so. Um, Well, Amy, thank you for taking the time to come on the show today. What is the best way for people to connect with you and embrace grace in the online space? Um, so embracegrace.com um, embrace grace is on uh, Facebook, Instagram, also amyford.com has information about my new book, help her be brave, discover your place in the pro-life movement. You can order through embrace grace or through Amazon um, and just buy a few for your friends because we really are the answer and we really can save lives um, together. Well, it is time for let's get real practical. This is the part of the show that we take the topic discussed with today's guest and we get into some practical steps that you can implement into your life right now. Today we discussed how to help her be brave, but what if you're the one listening that needs some help in being brave or overcoming shame? I rarely encounter individuals in counseling that do not have shame in some area of their lives. I can't tell you the number of times that they leaned in and in a whisper, they let me know that I'm the very first person that they had ever told something to. You know what this says to me that when I started noticing this theme in clients that I counsel, that almost all of them had something that they had carried on their own for years, some people decades. And I can't tell you how free they became the moment they just shared it with somebody, obviously in a safe space. And I'm going to talk to you about that here in a second. But I want you to know this. This says to me, there are a lot of people walking around that carry shame that is not theirs to carry. Now, while I wish I could be there with you face-to-face, just you and me in a room together, and we could talk privately. Obviously, I can't, but I do want to lead you in a shame timeline activity. I love to do timelines with my clients. I want to introduce you to this concept. It's something you can do on your own, but then again, I'm going to ask you to invite somebody into the process here in a moment. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to just think back on your life, and here's the cool thing about timelines. They're very significant. We can find a lot of themes and threads. And and again, if you had a counselor you're working with on this, they could help you look at those threads. But that's not what we're doing here today. Today, I want you just to ask the Holy Spirit if there's one thing in the timeline of your life, one moment, one decision you made, one mistake you made, one, one action you took, or maybe you didn't take, that has left you carrying heavy, heavy shame. 
You know, I say in the beginning of the show that God brings things up because they're on the way out. It's almost like, I'm sorry for this visual, but it's almost like when you eat bad food and your stomach goes, oh no, if this food doesn't get out of here, we're going to die. And so what does it do? It does what it's supposed to do and it has us vomit the food that's bad up because it's protecting us. Now, while that's an uncomfortable process to throw up, I've never met a person in my life who likes to throw up, it is important to get that thing out of us. And that's what God's doing here today. He is highlighting some shame that you've been carrying. You've been carrying this in the belly of your soul, and it's toxic to you right now. It's causing things to happen in your life that are not God's original design for you or for your life. So I want you just to ask the Holy Spirit, say, hey, God, can you highlight something in my life that I feel shame about? I can almost guarantee he's going to highlight at least one thing, right? Because we all have something that we feel shame about. Here's the two action steps I want you to take on this today. First, release the shame. It's not from God. God does not condemn. He convicts. He might convict and correct us, but he does not put heavy things on us. We're sheep. We are not designed to be load-bearing animals. That's the first thing I want you to do is release it to God. The second thing, relay the information to someone else. If you have something that you know is heavy and you feel shame around it and you've never told anybody about it before, I want you to find either a trusted friend or a counselor And the best case scenario is both. (laughs) I would love it for you to have a good friend that knows about this thing with you and then a counselor who could maybe walk you through some more freedom because they would sit there with you face to face and get to walk through this process with you. Okay, so those are your two action steps today. Release the shame, relay the information to someone else that you can trust. Well, that concludes our Get Real Practical segment for today. Hey, if you haven't already left a review for the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show, would you mind taking a moment to do so today? I read every one of those reviews that come through, and I'm going to be sharing some in the episodes to come. Okay, friends, that's all for today. I pray this Real Talk episode brought you one step closer to living free and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel. Rachel.